Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Let me introduce our two special guests tonight. First of all, Richard Estep back with us. He was last with me about a year ago. First got involved with paranormal research in 1995 in the United Kingdom after attending an overnight investigation at the very infamous church out there. And he spent the next five years investigating the haunted hamlets of Great Britain. He co-founded the Boulder County Paranormal Research Group in Colorado with his wife, Laura, after relocating to the United States back in 1999. Richard, welcome back. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you, George, for having me back, and it's a pleasure to be here. This is going to be exciting. And then uh, Bill Bungay is with us. He's a movie maker. Uh, some of his movies include When the Lights Went Out, Nuriev, Maradona, and the Parapod movie. He is an ad man. He founded a BMB, which is a top 10 London, England advertising agency. That's pretty good. A published singer-songwriter, owner of the most haunted house in the United Kingdom, which we'll talk about. And Bill was a skeptic, but the house changed all of that, resulting him in co-authoring the book with Richard, called, of course, The Black Monk of Pontefract. And uh, Bill, welcome to the program as well. Good evening, George. Good evening, Richard. And good evening to all my American cousins. How did you two guys come across this incredible story of the Black Monk of Pontefract? Let's start with you, Richard. Well, this was a story that I'd always grown up with, George. Um, as a young kid, uh, I, before there were any paranormal TV shows, I would read uh, every book that I could on the subject from both sides of the Atlantic. And one of the classics of the genre was Poltergeist by Colin Wilson, um, a, uh, a very ubiquitous author. And the story of the Black Monk, I remember, frightening me from a very early age because you had all of the components here of a terrifying haunting. You had this tall, dark-hooded figure which menaced a family. And the key thing, I think, was this didn't take place in some old manor house or historic castle. I saw pictures of the house, and this was the kind of place that I lived in, you know. Um, it could have happened in your house or, or my house, and that's when I think it becomes most frightening. Indeed. And, uh, Bill, let, let's bring you in. You own the house where this ghost poltergeist happens to be. How did you end up finding this house? Uh, I do indeed, uh, George, and it's um, <clears throat> interestingly via the same um, via the same route as, as Richard. In fact, uh, Colin, Colin Wilson's book Poltergeist uh, was uh, was given to me uh, a good thirty years ago by a, by a, a work uh, colleague of mine uh, whose mother had uh, had had witnessed the events directly uh, the the events that happened back in the seventies, and I ended up um, I thought that that it was such an interesting story. Uh, the idea that um, a poltergeist moves into a small, uh, uh, we, we call them council houses in the UK, it's just like a state uh, kind of uh, assisted mm -hmm. uh, home. Um, and uh, I just thought it was a fascinating storyline, poltergeist moves into council house, because as Richard says, you know, they're normally sort of associated with, with you know, big castles or dark mansion houses, but this one moved into a tiny home. And I thought, what a great idea for a movie. So, so really all I did was set about making... Uh, a, a movie about the house, but but uh, but as a skeptic, uh, and subsequently uh, having made the movie, I was looking, being an ad man, I was looking for an interesting way uh, to promote uh, to promote the the, the movie, and um, it just so happened that one of my clients was in in Pontefract in West Yorkshire, which is in the north of, of England, uh, and um, and I um, went over to the house. 
Uh, and there it was for the first time I, I was, you know, uh, visiting this, this infamous home. Uh, and then I noticed the for sale sign um, uh, and discovered that it had been uh, on the market for, for four years. It was sat empty, uh, damp, rotting away, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, wow, I could have, the, I could, you know, have my premiere in the actual house, uh, you know, the, the movie about the house in the actual house. And so I bought it, um, thinking that I would do just that, and I, I did. I had a, a tiny little uh, red carpet put down this small pavement, and two competition winners walked down the, um, uh, down the red carpet, were, were uh, led into the house, and they sat and watched the movie. Um, sadly, uh, nothing of any great merit occurred that night, which was my suspicion. Uh, I was a skeptic uh, uh, at the time. Uh, and, uh, and and sadly, my brilliant idea fell on deaf ears and, 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 and barely barely created a, a, a whisper in the media. So I was, I, you know, it didn't go to plan. Um, uh, but as I say, I was a skeptic. So all I felt that I needed to do then was to, you know, it was to repair the house, do it up, and I was going to sell it. Um, but then uh, strange things started to happen that I'm sure we'll get into. So that's how I ended up owning the house. So you didn't know it was haunted prior to buying it, did you? Well, I, I certainly didn't believe that it was haunted because, uh, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got a great deal of respect for skeptics and, I, and, and you know, I, and rest assured, you know, I am not in the business of trying to convince anyone uh, that, that's skeptical to believe, you know, in the paranormal. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, so, so I, you know, I was resolutely skeptical when I bought the house. And so, I, no, I, I absolutely didn't believe that it was haunted at the time because I didn't really believe in ghosts. Do you still own it, Richard? Uh, Bill? I, I do, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, as, as a direct consequence of, of, uh, of, of well, I mean, in fact, people started to ask, as soon as they found out that I owned the house, uh, they started uh, contacting me uh, to say, you know, would you mind if I go into the house to, to investigate? And I, I, you know, frankly, I thought these people were a bit odd, but I said, well, fine, if you can give me, you know, a few quid to pay for the, the council tax, you know, go, you know help yourselves. Sure. Uh, but, but then they started to, you know, started reporting back to me. I, I started getting all these emails uh, I ended up getting photographs that were absolutely extraordinary, um, uh, you know, w- which, you know, obviously being an ad man, my specialism is, is as an art director. So, you know, I, I have to you know, put, put my cards on the table and say, if there's anyone that's capable of, of faking a picture or a video, it would be me. Um, uh, but, uh, but, but, I, but as a consequence, I can look at pictures and videos and know with a high degree of certainty whether they have been faked or not, because I can I can study them. I know the the amount of detail, attention to detail, uh, equipment, um, casting, makeup, all of the things that that, that you could ordinarily, uh, you know, uh, try and accuse a, 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 an image of of having uh, mustered in order to, uh, to, to 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 you know to be created. I can look at those pictures and I can. Make a, a you know a fairly certain um, uh, 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 you know a very clear assessment of whether or not they've been faked and and occasionally we get 
you know, sort of pareidolia images and the like that, that, are, that are very obviously, you know, ju- just pareidolia and nothing right. more. But I started to get all these pictures and videos as well. Uh, and, and I knew, you know, instinctively knew uh, that they weren't uh, faked, uh, at which point um, my sort of spider senses started tingling. Um, and and I've, I've sort of ended up uh, building a website at 30eastdrive.com, 30eastdrive.com. Uh, and, um, and now people visit regularly. Um, in fact, there's people in there every single night of the week, and it regularly gets a five-star review on, on, on you know, Google and, and, and so on and so forth. So, so I still have the house because now I know, emphatically know, that there is something uh, extremely um, uh, unique about the place uh, and that uh, there, is, you know, there are phenomena occurring in that house that are you know, beyond rational uh, explanation. And Richard, so, tell us, tell us who, who is the black monk of Pontefract? Well, there's the commonly accepted story, and then there's what we think is really the case. Um, the commonly accepted story, it's more of a, an urban legend, which sprang up um, right around the time of the case itself. And the story goes that there was a, a monk who was quite a devious and nasty character, supposedly had sexually assaulted um, a young girl in that area, and w- once he had been caught by the locals, um, had been strung up, um, and depending on which version of the story you hear, um, may have been thrown down a well, or the girl's body may have been thrown down the well. There are several variations on this theme. Um, and so it kind of persisted for many years, but when you dig into the history of the area, 30 East Drive is built on a battlefield. Uh-huh. And although there were indeed monks in that area, there's not a shred of evidence to support this idea um, of, a, of a criminal, you know, foul kind of character as the black monk was supposed to be. So as, as Bill and I talked to more people, we did our research, did some investigation, we began to form an entirely different conclusion, which hopefully we'll talk about as the interview goes on. Absolutely. Now, isn't there a well under that house at 30 East Drive? You know, there, uh, there is a well under the house at 30 East Drive. At least we have eyewitnesses that say it's there. Um, call Bill old-fashioned. He doesn't really want to dig up the living room of the house. Uh, and also the house adjoins another house, so it's directly connected, kind of like a duplex uh, here in the States. So um, somebody lives on the other side of that wall as well, and, and, and they experience paranormal phenomena on a regular oh, basis geez. too. Um, but we do have eyewitnesses that um, many, many years ago, as children, saw that well with their own eyes. So at least that part of the story seems to have a basis in fact. Might that well be where they dumped the body of the monk? I don't believe that for a minute, um, because who in their right mind, if you're a villager, um, who destroys their own water supply? Right. By dumping a body exactly. into it. It makes no Spe- sense. Especially with that kind of a body. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great story, isn't it? But a story is all that we believe it is. When did you decide to, to write the book with Bill? Well, I, uh, I'd always wanted to visit 30 East Drive. It was one of my bucket list um, locations, and I, I'm fortunate enough that I get to travel across the U.S. and the U.K. and make several trips like this each year. And I'd always wanted to see where the story went after Colin Wilson stopped telling it. And like most people, I just assumed it had petered out. But when, when the movie came out, there was this massive resurgence of interest in 30 East Drive. And other paranormal investigators, uh, guys like Andy Evans, had, 
had gone and uh, found that the house was still paranormally active. Um, and so I contacted Bill and I said, I would love to come research this for myself. Now, I'm always very, very wary um, when somebody has, has something to gain from a paranormal project. And sure. I hadn't met Bill in person, and as he says, he's an ad man, so he kind of had a vested interest in, in good publicity for his house. Um, but to his credit, he never asked me for a, a dime, and he turned over the keys to his property and said, you know, it's yours for five days. Just write what you find. So if you get nothing, write nothing. But if something happens... I would like you to tell the story honestly, which is, you know, music to the ears of any writer. And so Bill is really the, the expert on the most recent happenings at 30 East Drive, and I realized that I needed his uh, expertise and mm -hmm. his experiences there to truly make it a fleshed-out account of what was going on. And it seemed like a natural partnership. Um, and once I determined that Bill's integrity was, was beyond question, I was really happy to start working with him. Great. Now, Richard, have you ever spent the night in that house? Oh yeah, five of them. You spent so you, so you stayed there for the five nights, and uh, would you ever go back again? You know, I would, but it's a strange house. Um, it, it frightens me, but not for the reason you might think, uh, George. I'm a child of the seventies, mm -hmm. so um, Bill has, I think, in a rather rather bold move, he has the house um, decorated as it would have been during the nineteen sixties and seventies. It hasn't changed at all. Well, he's gone to great lengths to, to evoke that atmosphere. Yeah. So you walk into the house, and, and for me, I'm instantly five years old again because it looks exactly like my grandmother's house <laughs> at that time. It's genuinely creepy. And I found that that actually caused me a few, a few challenges, if you know what I mean. I, I, I bet was, that. I, be I was never very comfortable closing my eyes in that house. And, you know, to be rational, I mean, I'd been preloaded with 40 years' worth of stories about the Black Monk. So you have to realize your own psyche is working against you in cases like this. Um, but we worked through the night. We researched through the night. There were some nights when nothing happened at all of note. And there were other days and nights when the strangest things occurred. So the house will surprise you. It doesn't perform on cue. You know, you can't walk into that house for four hours and guarantee that something will happen. But if you put in the time, it will reward you. Usually we'll, not in the way that you'll think. We'll get into some of those episodes that might have occurred there. Now, how about you, Bill? Have you spent the night in your own house? I hear you might not have. Absolutely no way, George. <laughs> ab ab absolutely no way. It, it, the place, it, 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 of course, it intrigues me, but, it, but, it, but it, in the same breath, it absolutely terrifies me. It's the unseen, George. So it's, uh, you know, we, we know that there's something in there. It can see you. Uh, you can't see it, or, or for the best part, you can't see it. Uh, so, um, and, and, you know, w what's interesting, we might come back to this, but I used to have um, a recurring nightmare when I was a kid. Uh, for, you know, for several years, I had this, this nightmare where I would go upstairs into this, uh, into this, this sort of, uh, this cold sort of dark house, and in the top room of this house, there was a the, the, in the top on the top floor of this house. There was a room, and and inside that room, uh, it, it was a complete it was a completely black and dark room, no light. There was a presence, mm -hmm. and it would taunt me uh, regularly. It would taunt me, and and I would wake up screaming. Um, and uh, uh, it, it took me years to to get over it. And and f for me, uh, it's somewhat. Uh, uh, ironic that I should end up owning the house in which 
you know, a, a presence of that ilk resides. So for me, I have a, an extra kind of uh, um, sort of fear factor, and that is the fact that this is your representative or, or a real version of, of, of a recurring nightmare for me. It absolutely terrifies me, George. And when you're in the house and when it starts getting dark, Bill, what do you do? Just get out of there? Well, I, I've only ever been in the house on my own a couple of times, and believe it or not, both on both of those occasions, uh, you know, some oddness has occurred. So um, I'm, you know, I, I will only ever really be in the house when there's other people. And I have been in there after hours, but as I say, there's always been lots of other people. So there's been busyness, things, you know, uh, there's always been noise and, and, and things that, that would, uh, you know, g- g- give me a degree of comfort. But, but there's absolutely no way I'm about to spend any time, you know, in that house alone. And I have a great deal of respect for, for, for you know, visitors like Richard who are prepared to go and, you know, spend, you know, sleep upstairs. Right. Imagine that. I'm not sure I could do that either. That's... <laughs> The first time that Bill and I met was at the front door of the house, and I'd flown 5,000 miles to, to meet Bill, amongst other things, and the first thing he did when he stepped inside the house was talk to the ghost. And uh, he looked <laughs> up, you know, as if he's kind of addressing the sky, and he said, hey, it's me, it's Bill. Um, listen, okay, um, I'm here respectfully. I'm just here to show Richard around, give him the keys, okay? And he was talking as you would to someone you really don't want to upset. You know, somebody that yeah. you're frightened of? It, it was genuine fear. And then the, the following day, my brother Matthew came to visit. My brother and I, we rarely see each other because he's a sergeant in the British Infantry. Um, Matthew came to the house with my nephew and my niece and wasn't going to come inside, um, but they bullied him into it. Uh, and so he came inside for 10 minutes, and my brother has served in multiple combat zones. You know, he's the, the brave and the good-looking one in our family. Uh, and um, he was like a cat on a hot tin roof. He walked through the house. He looked around. He said, I don't know how you're going to spend the night here, bruv. There's something in this house, and it's it's Jeez, he felt it. Yeah, and, and understand, too, my brother is about as down-to-earth as they come. He's not fanciful. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't, I think, get all of the paranormal stuff that I do. I'm the strange one in the family. But he felt something in that house, and he was out in 10 minutes and, and does not want to come back. I guess you can't blame him. Not really. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.